Welcome to the Angry Falafel Podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Roth. Joining me today are Eitan Weinstein and Neor Menengel, creators of the Two Nice Jewish Boys podcast, a show they describe as a glimpse into Israel and some of the interesting people in it. And I'm very happy to have them here today with me. I'm really, really happy that you guys came here right before Passover. I really appreciate it. Uh, it's just a few hours before the holiday starts, so I know we're all going to be busy tonight. So again, thank you so much. No problem, man. Thanks. I got to say, though, that living in Tel Aviv, it's like there's no living in Tel Aviv. There's no difference. Like I forgot it was Passover tonight this morning. I mean, it's you know I'm not doing anything special. I'm going to my family's house. We're gonna have a seder, and then I'm gonna come back, and then nothing changes in Tel Aviv. Wait, wait, wait where do you guys live actually uh, in the city? So I live in Yad Eliyahu. It's like a southeastern area of Tel Aviv. Nobody really likes or care about. And Aton. Uh, I live in Florentine, which is like probably two minutes west of him and like double the price. <laughs> we're all, Okay, so we're all neighbors. That's great. Because I live in Yafo. Obviously, we're here in Yafo right now. Yeah. Uh, just, you know, a few minutes away from uh, the Shuk Pishpashim, I guess the flea market. So three called. families uh, battling for territory. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. I really love the Florentine area, by the way. I go there all the time. It's like all the weirdos go, right? So we're, you can get nice weed, get a couple good drinks. You got uh, Vital, which is amazing. You know, beautiful women over there, lots of hippies. It's a great place. Uh, do, do, you, do you hear gunshots here? Yeah, actually we do. A lot of fireworks, a lot of gunshots. You can't always tell the difference. Over, okay, not on this street. This street is really safe, really quiet. With the parallel street right behind us, right over that way, there are bullet holes everywhere in buildings. I don't know why. Gidon knows why. He was telling me why Probably that was. from guns. Well, yes. Ding, ding, ding. That's true. But is it gang violence? Is it people just being rowdy? Is it people celebrating? You know, I'm not sure exactly what the reason is. I think a little mixture of column A, a little mixture of column B. And it's, you know, like people being happy to have Guns. That's I don't one know. Way to express exactly. <laughs> exactly. Bang, 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 bang. <laughs> anyway, uh, now again, like, thank you guys so much for being here. Um, so the first thing I just wanted to ask. So the way that this podcast works, it's like I like to tell a story. I like to have guests on here that can basically elucidate where they're coming from, how they got started, and of course, you guys are the creators of Two Nice Jewish Boys. Let me tell you something. Two very nice Jewish boys. Okay. And the first thing I just want to know is uh, what inspired you to start the, the podcast? What, what, how did it all start? Came so from the stop. I got to premise this with the fact that this is all a, uh, a fru- coming to fruition of Naor's dreams. He is the man who made this happen. And I'm just honestly just here for the ride. So, <laughs> wait. So, how did you get that started, Naor? Um, Wow. And how do you how do you know Eitan? So we met in film school. We both went to Tel Aviv University. Yeah, and we graduated. Um, I mean, I graduated. <laughs> I graduated two and a half years ago. Eitan uh, never did. Um, Who graduates film school? I mean, it's like that's why you go to film school not to graduate. Right, right, right. Um, so, so yeah. So basically, um, we met in film school. We were like acquaintances, I guess, because Eitan was in another American dude. They were like the troublemakers, 
And if you wanted to get your movie made, you probably were better off without them being on set <laughs> because they would like, I, they were like, too, I don't know, like Laurel and, and Hardy kind of guys. When did, you, when did you go to film school? What year? Like we started 2011. Um, so, so, uh, yeah, so we were like acquaintances and then basically, um, just af after I graduated, um, in, uh, the summer of 2016, uh, we, we met at a party of a friend and we, and I was looking for, to do something creative, which is not making movies because making movies is hard and, and expensive and, uh, and podcasts just started happening here in Israel it's relatively new also today but then especially and I figured I can do a podcast but what podcast and I figured let's maybe something in English so that we can have more audience because in Israel nobody listens to podcasts and then we were sitting and and you know just chemistry sparks were flying you, know, you guys were very cute together we looked to each you. other in the eyes and it was just the rest is history man he knew he knew I was the one no, <laughs> we uh, we we chatted at the party, and I think I guess like things you know kind of just like flowed, and so Naor uh, hit me up afterwards. I bear I don't think I'd ever listened to a podcast before that night. I don't think I like I knew what podcasts I. I'd heard of podcasts. Okay, yeah, that you knew that you knew it existed. Yeah, exactly. that was okay. the level. I've heard. I'd heard of an iPod, and I knew there was something with pod and cast. And so, anyway, Noor hit me up um, following that that night, and he, uh, I, you know, I got to give it to him. He waited three days. You know, like oh, like you that's do a gentleman. after a first date. Right? You yeah, know? exactly. He waited three days, <laughs> and then he called me up. And uh, it took a while for him to convince me because I wasn't like we weren't really friends during film school, yeah. right? No, or you know, just because he he gave me some shit, I'm gonna I'm gonna return the favor. He was like the the pretentious like elite guy in film school. Was. Yeah, he still is. I'm, I'm so deep. My genius, you know, it just escapes everybody. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he gives off this kind of like aura of like, I'm up here and you guys. And you know what? After after getting to know him, I can say that it's complete bullshit. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. He, But past that aura, there's a, there's a smart, intelligent... You know, really driven guy because honestly, I and I'm, I mean, I meant what I said at the beginning. This is like Noor is doing. It's the manifestation of his. Like he really he he had this as like a vision and he made it happen. And um, so he kind of he recruited me. It took about a month for us to get started. Uh, I was living at my parents' house at the time. Tell it. Yeah, so he was living in a settlement uh, with his parents, basically the <laughs> lowest. Uh, you no. you live in Shtachim. Well, they live, they live like right across the green line. It, you don't even pass a, a border check to get to it. It's one of those places that are like, yeah. Listen, so listen, were, I don't judge. I don't judge anybody. Right. <laughs> so, yeah, so he was living in a settlement. <laughs> and his parents. With the Bible in one hand, a rifle in the other. No. Yeah. Um, and uh, and uh, like he was in the lowest point uh, in his life. <laughs> and uh, 
And uh, then I, I got him to, because he needed to come actually to Tel Aviv to record the, the first episode. And he was like, what will we talk about? It makes no sense. Like, what is it? Why should I do it? And, st- and all kinds of uh, questions. And then he ended up coming like, really? He was like, yeah, okay, fine. Let's give it a try. And was doing me a favor, basically. And then we recorded the first episode, which still exists. Pretty embarrassing shit, but you can listen to it. Um, <laughs> yeah, you guys don't have like 160 episodes to that, that, right? Yeah, I think we're on 133 right oh. now or something. Well, yeah. I, knew, I knew it was in the hundreds at least. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. It's crazy. It's, it's crazy oh, also yes. that... Two and a half years. It's crazy to see, like, you know, you actually, you know how many hours you've recorded because it's like... Your, sh- your show hour. lasts generally about an hour, right? Yeah. Around that time. Yeah, I yeah. do. I, yeah, go ahead. It's live to tape, so there's no, uh, there's no, basically no editing. All right. So, okay. So, you guys have been on my radar for a minute and uh, I really like the content we, you guys produce. I, I was telling you earlier... Off the air, like I, I like the fact that you guys go into politics, into culture, into food. You explore, and it's all told through either you know a history, or you tell the guys to tell a story, or you do it through an interview. But you know, you you take a holistic approach to trying to get content out there, and I really appreciate it a lot, and I I'm a big fan of it. But um, I want to know what you guys feel about it. Let me tell you, how would you summarize what you guys do? How, you know, in my mind, I have a conception of it, but I want to know how you guys would crystallize it and describe it in your own words. So I think the best way to think about Two Nice Jewish Boys is kind of, um, we try to tell the story of this Tiny little crazy. Can we curse? Yeah, of course. Like, fuck yeah, you can. Shit, fuck of a place. Right. That is. That's just so controversial, and there's it, literally there's the whole gamut of like of 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 perceptions about this place. You know, people think we're Nazis, and people think we are the second coming of Christ. Like, there's just like and and everything in between. So I think what we're trying to do is tell this story from the perspective of people who live it, people who are here, whether it's politicians, uh, you know, journalists, actors, but also just we've had, you know, random Israelis on the on the show telling us, you know, we've had uh, Palestinians who grew up. We had a guy who grew up Palestinian in Kuwait and came here and discovered he had Jewish heritage and uh and then converted to Judaism, but he also struggled with the Rabbanut while he was converting. So it's not like he's like, you know, rah-rah about Israel and Judaism. He also has a lot of criticism about the state. Anyway, so I think it's just about kind of an amalgamation of all these different, you know, uh, these different ideas about this country and telling it through the eyes of the people who are here. So let's just take a step back real fast. Um, so you so you have this idea, and now you're like, okay, now i got to buy a bunch of equipment, and I'm going to get it started. Now, let me just give you my own little anecdote. I was like, you know what? I have funny conversations with people all the time. Uh, I like to fancy myself as somebody that can hold a good conversation with somebody, uh, kind of like extract things that are interesting from that person. So I was like, okay, let's invest some money. 
let's figure out a name. Let's have a strategy. Let's try to get it out there. Let me be a content producer. I'm already a journalist. This is a natural progression. So I parlayed all my skills that I already had and try to put it into this thing. So what I try to, what I'm trying to figure out is, okay, so now that you have the idea, how did you execute it? And what was your, do you have a, a plan? Did you know what you were doing? Or you just kind of just like, I had a basic strategy. Uh, equipment is not a problem nowadays. Oh, it's okay. It's okay. I think uh, equipment is not a problem nowadays. Uh, you know, you can buy from AliExpress everything you need, essentially. And uh, yeah, you, you're all good. Um, but the strategy was, I think, again, to do the podcast in English. Because um, when I made films, I got to go to America and screen and meet to meet the Jewish community in America. And what's amazing, um, like people, even people who study film don't really realize the vast, the vastness of um, the chain of the Jewish community. You know, for example, in film festivals, there are dozens and dozens and dozens of film festivals and, and everybody really wants a connection to Israel. And so I realized all that and then I thought, okay, let's do this podcast in English. So, and they will be like our core audience um so that was the idea yeah so i gotta add and this is this is uh from my experience of naol no i i'm kind of with you where i think like okay let's sit down let's strategize we have kind of a joke i'm always like format 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 let's format this let's you know let's segment it let's find you know no or and i think this is to his credit he his i his strategy is like have an idea like a base so like he like he just articulated like he he knew there was a demand there's this like there's this like hungry you know population in the states for content coming out of Israel in English he knew that was there and then his strategy was let's just do this like let's not wait too long and things developed like we did about 10 11 episodes where it was just us shooting the shit and then we realized, okay, there's something missing. Let's start, let's bring guests. And then we started bringing guests and we started from really low. And then, we, you know, like you we mentioned. One hour episodes and now we're doing, like, we're trying to do more like 50, 40 minutes episodes. Yeah. Example. So things, I think there was an evolution, but his strategy, which I think is smart, is like, let's not talk too much. Let's start doing, which I think there's a lot of place for in podcasting. No, definitely. I mean, you can sit around talking about it all day long or, you know, just fucking do it, you know? And uh, sometimes you can have a plan in your mind and then once it, you start executing it, it all just goes to shit. You're like, oh shit, now I got to improvise. I got to figure out everything out on the fly. And that's how it is with me when I come to social media promotion, right? On YouTube, on Facebook, on Twitter. And that leads me to my next question is how do you guys actually get the stuff out there? And how... How uh, what what has been the audience response? Uh, have you guys gotten a positive? Uh, do you guys have lots of followers? Are you getting? Are you building your audience? Are are you getting that attention that you're looking for? So, um, well, we started when we started. Essentially, you know, it's one listener adds up to the other. It's a very slow process, and I think the big break was. Um, Essentially, first of all, when you bring guests, guests are hubs and they share it and then it gets to new people. So this is this is why we started bringing guests. We realized it will help spread the word out. 
Um, and the bigger the guests are, the more people who are going to get exposed. But then also uh, the, the funny story was like our main, uh, I would say the best thing that happened to us, I think, is our collaboration with the Jewish Journal in Los Angeles, which is a, a news uh, source and, uh, and a magazine and a website in Los Angeles, Jewish uh, website. Um, and the story was that Daniel Barron, um, who worked for the journal, was here in Israel. And then there was the whole thing with Ari Shavit, uh, who was a journalist in Aretz, and he was uh, kicked out because uh, he, she published a blog where she described how he assaulted her and I wanted to have her on the show and we were texting and she eventually couldn't come. She didn't make it to the show, but she was like, hey, but you know what? Like, I like what you're doing and let's collaborate. Maybe you want to collaborate with us with the Jewish Journal. So she brought us there. And so this is the woman that R.A. Shavit allegedly assaulted. No, he admitted it. So he did. He yeah. did admit it. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so uh, <laughs> he didn't apologize. He didn't apologize, but he admitted it. Classy. I'm right, uh, sorry. <laughs> go go <but>, ahead. Uh, <laughs> Continue. So so and and sh- and our collaboration with the Jewish Journal helps us to this day. Um, not only do they push the episodes to their uh, audience, they also support us. Like um, they help us with budget for Facebook publicity. They help us with uh, equipment. They are really, really good to us, and, and hopeful. And it's a two-way street. Like we're helping them with our content. So, so I would say bringing good guests and making good collaborations are the two key factors to a successful podcast. And I'd add to that that bringing guests isn't like in Israel. Yeah, it's not like. It's not like okay, well, we brought guests because we knew that they would just bring uh, just bring uh, listeners. You know, it's like oh, we just want to accumulate listeners, and that's all we're looking to do. It's about I think it's about creating value, and it's like in the end of the day, there's a bit of humility there because after ten episodes, we realize okay, well, like what the fuck do we have to say? And you know, although, sorry, but uh, although to this day, some people who listen to us say, oh, we we kind of miss. Those old episodes where we were just chatting. Yeah, I think that I think that we def, we definitely. I'm not trying to like degrade us too much. Like we we do have things to say, especially now after two and a half years of doing this and hearing all these different opinions. We have, you know, we have a lot more. But older at the beginning, we're older and wiser. But at the beginning, it's it's about creating value. And you know, when you bring these experienced, knowledgeable people, then you're giving a lot more to your listeners. So I feel like. When you have a podcast, you should be asking yourself, first and foremost, what am I giving my listeners? Because you're there to create you know, value for them. Right. And that's actually a really good segue to my next question, which is uh, I've seen a handful of Israeli content creators really make an impact right now, especially on YouTube, on Facebook, on Twitter, things like that. Um, Hila from H3 podcast comes to mind, Nas Daily. Uh, a person you recently had, uh, Hania Naftali, which is, you know, what, how do you say it again? Hanania Naftali. Hanania Naftali. It's my accent, I apologize. Um, 
these guys are actually making a real big impact and they're Israelis and, you know, they're spreading their message. They're doing it in English and, you know, you can see that there's a success story behind there. So what I wanted to ask you guys is how do you guys stand up? Obviously, you said you have guests. Uh, you also have your uh, own personal dynamic. You have your own chemistry. But what do you think gives you guys kind of the edge? So I think that, well, Hanania is doing this too, but... What do you think it is about those guys that are attracting people? So I, I'll answer the first question and then maybe we can... But I think that what we give is, one, we're here to show the world that Israel is, like, is not this... I don't know how to put this, but basically a lot of... Yeah, it's interesting. It's, and it's fucking... Not, it's absolutely fucking interesting. Yeah. It's, it's a not, crazy place. It's not as black and white as people like to make it out to be. It's definitely not as black as people like to make it out to be, meaning we're not, you know, I use black in the colloquial, like, we're not as, you know, we're not Nazis. This isn't some apartheid state. I mean, this is a lot of my opinions, but I feel like, you know, by bringing, um, which Arabs, have we, which Palestinians have we had on the show that we had Yahya, uh, we've had Basamid who's a Palestinian who kind of fights for... Uh, uh, we've had Jonathan El-Khouli, who's the son of a uh, southern uh, Lebanese army officer. I mean, we have you know people from all across the, the spectrum, and I think basically what we're, we're, we're trying to show that Israel isn't as simple as a lot of people like to make it out to be, but we're also not afraid to bring kind of the array of opinions. So we're... we're where I feel like Hanania, and this, I hope I'm not like, uh, you know, bashing on him. And this, I, it does. I don't mean this to be a negative uh, criticism, but I think that he kind of just kind of presents his opinion, like rah 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 Israel. But we're 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 trying to challenge that opinion. Like we do, we have. I think we we stand on that side of the spectrum and that side of the aisle. But we're trying to challenge it. We're saying we had Tamal Zanberg from, you know, the head of Meretz on the podcast. And we've had a lot of Barak Ravid. Barak, did your podcast with you guys? That guy, I'll keep my my opinions to myself. Uh, (laughs) He's he's considered like a left-wing journalist here in Israel. Right. No, yeah. But listen, like uh, when it comes. We had Daphne Leaf. When it comes to, you know, a journalism profession, like we all follow Barak Ravid, always, because he's the guy that's breaking news, especially on the diplomatic front. When it comes to, like, Trump, uh, U.S. peace plan, all that stuff, it's like all eyes on him, always. He's, he's, got, he's got inside men inside the diplomatic corps within Israel. Like, that's the guy that you know I would never hate on him for his work. Let's just say that. Just uh, for his politics? No, no, no. Oh. No, 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 not for his politics at all. Like, uh, I like to avoid actually interjecting my po- – I'm a journalist, right? Uh, but I try to be fair as possible. I try to do what you guys do as well, which is you challenge people. Like you guys are doing journalism, but whether you know it or not, you're doing journalism. When you have somebody come on your show, you challenge their ideas. That is a form of journalism. It is. Yes. Because what it is, is that you're taking somebody who's a pundit, basically, who's offering their opinion and you're offering a counter narrative in order to, to test the merit of that argument. 
right? You're going to bring it. You're going to bring a different perspective to it, and you try to clash them together and see what actually holds water. That's the whole point of journalism: is to find out, you know, the deeper meaning behind the things that are being said. So basically, yes, like uh, I, I don't think you should sell your guys. You shouldn't sell yourself short in that manner. It's because you're doing something that's very important. You're bringing people who are influential onto your podcast. And you're having discussion with them, and you're not just letting them go. You're not just being like, yeah, say what the fuck you want to say. Like, let's bring other perspectives into that, into, into the mix of this thing. It's a very important, valuable thing to do. Don't, don't undersell it. So, because, like, someone wrote on iTunes review, iTunes review that we're, especially me, that I'm uh, talking, we're talking too much, basically, and we won't let the guests talk, and uh, we suck. So don't nice don't to listen to this. Opinion. Listen, there's a bunch of fucking assholes out there that will always just try to tear you down no matter what because they're jealous. You actually went out and you did it. You bought the equipment, you fucking created the website, you put out the content. Fuck that guy. You're right? You're yeah. doing you're doing it, okay? And yeah. people, listen, being criticized is all part of the game. I mean, everybody criticizes everybody. And you know what? If you're putting your opinion out there, you deserve to be criticized. I got called a Nazi by one of our. Oh, guests. that's a little. That's horrible. <laughs> okay. Um, but but but. Because uh, you live in the West Bank now. Yeah. <laughs> the nice thing is that we have a profession. It turns out. Did you hear it, Ethan's mom? He's a journalist. Oh yeah. So, yeah. I have a job. <laughs> I have a real job, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> no. So what is it? That, real fast. What is it you guys actually do? So um, I'm. Uh, the lead writer for a uh, robotics company, actually. So it's like a technical writer. Yeah, this kind of so no, this kind of shit is the only kind is is like I don't I don't want to sound like too crazy, but like this shit is common in Israel where you hear this kind of stuff, and I feel like it's less common in the states. But basically, it's a startup that does crazy shit. They're working on human robot interaction, and they're product that's out right now i mean they're working in other realms as well but their their flagship kind of product that's um uh actually already gone on pre-order for the summer so in the summer it's going to be out in the market is a uh robot for the elderly uh it's called the sidekick for happier aging so it's basically like a uh, robot that allows the elderly to send messages to make calls to you know play games cognitive exercises things like that so they um, so another part of it is that we're desi- we're trying to develop conversational abilities so it's supposed to be more than just a sidekick but also a companion mm-hmm. um, so my job is to write all the dialogue and create the personality for this robot wow that's really interesting yeah. because, Holy shit. because Aiden is a, uh, he's a writer that's what he forgot to mention. Yeah. Filmmaker, yes. That okay. So I saw on the website, writer. You're a filmmaker, obsessed with Italy. I know yeah. that. Yes, I did my research a little bit. No, but it's just worth mentioning. He's a writer. He writes like novels and screenplays and stuff like that. And also, he has a day job. But deep inside, he's a novelist and a, and a movie and a writer of movie scripts. This is perfect. This is perfect because I wanted to ask you about your backgrounds. So now that we're going to switch gears a little bit, like uh, I now I have some kind of idea of why you've done the podcast, what drove you to do it, and uh, the way in which you kind of promote your 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 brand and how you get your podcast out there. So now I want to know about you guys. And I know you're from Alabama, you're from the Deep South. Yeah. And when did you decide to come here? Not a lot of Jews in Alabama. I'm yeah. going to presume. Yeah, no, there's it's a like, speculation on my part. 
I always say, especially after we left, there's like no Jews left now. They chased us out with pitchforks and uh, no. get out of here, Jew. <laughs> so no, they uh, there's like five thousand Jews I think in Birmingham. I, I grew up in Birmingham, Alabama. Uh, yeah, Hard and Dixie. Um, but I decided to come here. I don't know if it was really a conscious decision. Like my parents are Israeli. They moved to the States about 35 years ago. They moved back recently here. Um, but we were kind of raised, uh, which is, which is like a, 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 there's a species of people in the United States that live like this. They're the children of Israelis and their parents kind of raised them to come back to Israel. Um, and I was one of them. And so kind of, it was, it was obvious to me that at age 18, I was going to come and, uh, drafted the military here and, and continue living my life here. And you know, where were you from exactly? I'm from Israel. I, um, grew up in Kadima, a village close to Netanya. And no, that's it, basically. No, you got more than that. Like, you did the Army. You Ah, yeah, well, I did. You graduated yeah. school. You yeah, had yeah, a yeah. girlfriend in high school. Then you had a girlfriend in the Army. And then you broke up with her. And you got oh another girlfriend. That's, <laughs> that's all, the, all the stories um, are with little, the Israel. Yes. creepy here, Daniel. Um, <laughs> no, actually, I didn't have a girlfriend in high school. Uh, what did you do in the army? Was there a tough kid? In the army, yeah. Uh, in the army, I was in the Air Force. Uh, I did movies, uh, like instructional films for um, the technicians who are supposed to eventually fix F-16s and stuff like that. So I made movies to help them that's study what the craft. And that's what inspired you to go ahead and continue with that? No, I, I was into movies. Like in Israel, in every high school, uh, you can go and study film and theater and dance and music. And like, so I started in at the age of 16. I loved movies before, and but in 16, I started doing it in high school and then in the army and then university. Then I graduated, and I've I've been like um, working, uh, being I w- I'm a freelancer now, and I do all kinds of things. I do mainly in the re- in the past year I've been doing political campaigns. I just did uh, BB's campaign actually, and which was interesting. Um, and I do documentaries. Well, so what are some of the most favorite podcasts that you guys have done with your guests? Like if there's what, – what, what stands out in your mind in the sense like, oh, shit, that was a good one? Like I really enjoyed this conversation today. Uh, you guys obviously know what you're doing. So I really appreciate it. Make it very, very easy on me. Some guys, you know, it's like fucking pulling teeth. So I, I thank you for, for being very, very, you know, verbose guests, I guess I could say. But uh, no, so what are some of your – more you fond, yes, from one of your fondest you memories. You got one in mind? You're still going to tell me that story off air, though. Oh, yeah. Um, what was I, it like interviewing Yehuda Glick, for example? Sorry, sorry? Yehuda Glick, MK. What about him? How was it interviewing him? Fine. Oh. <laughs> he, he, had, he had just eaten. I just got done saying how <laughs> verbose. You got sorry. <laughs> no, yeah, he's, He's cool, whatever. All right, go on. Give me, give had, me some stories, uh, guys. Give me some stories. He had just... Uh, so we got there, and we needed to set up the equipment, and uh, it, we, we we interviewed him at the Knesset in his office, uh, which is was at the time going to be his office for the next, like, two weeks. So they were packing up and stuff. So there was a mess there, and we had to set up the equipment. We were like, okay, we're going to need, like, 10, 15 minutes. So he was like, I'm going to go eat lunch in the Knesset cafeteria. So he had just eaten lunch. Uh and I think that he was tired 
after because it felt like he was about to fall asleep until we started talking about the Temple Mount. Yeah, Where, that, when he got that was shot, a pretty boring story though. Um, Boy, when he got shot like six times. Yeah, yeah. You talk, and he's like, yeah, it happened. Well, he's yeah. used to talk about it. I think the a good story is the Uri Geller. I, I like the Uri Geller episode because it was one of our first episodes. Yeah, the you mean the the mind the mind. mind sorry, sorry, the mentalist. <laughs> the <laughs> the mentalist. Is what the, we men- the mentalist. Um, that's a good story. So I can tell that story. So Uri Geller. Uh, if you guys haven't heard of him, he's the guy who claims to have. Uh, uh, telekinetic abilities, bend spoons, find gold. Bend like, spoon right in front of your eye. Yeah, but he was touching it, so I don't know if I buy it. But anyway, he um, he we, we got in touch with him, and we were emailing him, and uh, at one point uh, we were asking him, you know, because we do the podcasts at Naor's place in Yadaliao, and so we were like. Uh, so can you make it to Yadeliao? This is the address. Uh, this is the time. And he answers with, you will come to Yafo. You will interview me at, and then like he gave us the address. You I will, will do it. He started, he started. I will not come to your home studio. <laughs> <laughs> it was like, you know that character from Star Wars that waves his hand and is like, you do not. Uh, so, <laughs> so it felt like he was doing that. Uh, he was trying to do that at least. Uh, well, actually, it worked. <laughs> we came to exactly where he's already Geller. Why wouldn't you? Yeah. The guy's been he, famous he, forever. He just he took he looked into the future and he basically told how, told us what is not going to happen yeah. and <laughs> what is going to happen. I will bend you like a spoon if I have to come to your fucking <laughs> yeah. house. Uh, so yeah, so he uh, he must he, have been interesting, right? He was a super interesting guest. Uh, there was. With Daphne Leaf, it was pretty... Daphne Leaf, yeah, it was pretty interesting. It gets interesting when uh, when it gets really controversial and we have to, like, you know, talk about our opinions because our opinions aren't popular. Yeah, it, it gets interesting when we bring lefties. That is what Aitan is trying to Wait, 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 when you have lefties on? Yeah. Because you guys obviously are like, oh, well, let's, you know, have a discussion, like a, you know, a robust discussion about whatever it is that you're interested in. Well, Aitan realized uh, about a year ago that if we want uh, people to listen to the show, we need to have controversial um, content. But that's that's I'm I'm not I'm not being provocative for the sake of being. Pro- I mean, I am, <laughs> but but I, <laughs> I'm also like you're interested. You're interested in these subjects and you want to discuss them with people yeah, who know. Yeah, what yeah, yeah. But I'm saying what. what, what First of all, what we like to do is kind of like you, like we mentioned before, uh, challenge our guests' views. So we like to, you know, kind of play devil's advocate. But a lot of the time, the the, the most when you're playing devil's advocate just for the sake of playing devil's advocate, then it's it's hard for it to get interesting because you don't really stand behind the things you're you're articulating. But when I, I, I mean, I'll be open about it. I stand on the right side of the aisle on most things, econ- economically, uh, um, security, yeah, security-wise, nation- nationally, here in Israel. Like, I stand on the right side of things for most things, not extreme right, I don't think. Um, I think there's not really a, a, a in-depth enough discussion, but we can get to that afterwards. But 
So when we ha- so what Noah is saying when we have lefties on, then I'm not just playing devil's advocate. Then I'm actually kind you have of some substance to your yes, exactly because yeah. you know what you're talking about. You've researched, you've read, you yeah. you have the arguments in your head, and you know yeah, yeah, yeah. how to actually you know challenge that person yeah. on an intellectual basis. And I find that a lot of the times people aren't. Kids, a lot of the times people resort to calling you a Nazi or calling you racist or calling On you... On air? No, well, Nazi is not that common, but one of our guests called me a Nazi, but it wasn't on air. It was like a couple months later when I commented on something on her Facebook page, and then she called me a Nazi and blocked me. But but some a lot of people will, will rather call you a racist, but... Um, Anyway, I feel like people are more like they they cut themselves too much slack. They're they're willing to to push your views off as racist and offensive and primitive instead of actually talking to Well, the they point. do that they do that so they can minimize you into a noun and dismiss you, right? Yeah. Like it's the shittiest thing ever and it doesn't take the complexities or the time and effort that you actually spend researching this thing and actually like, hey, these are part of my core values and beliefs. Don't minimize me and dismiss who well, I am. I don't think – I think that that's I, – I hope I'm not like – how do you say it in Israel? Yeah. But I think that that's – yeah, digging. I think that that's actually the point is like I don't the, I don't see them as my – I do see them as my core values or whatever, but I'm trying not to get connected to them. And I think that that's the problem on the other side is that, that people tie them, their identity too much to their beliefs and their – and they take it personally, and it's like... You have to be a little more unemotional about it, about these things, because you have to discuss them rationally. And you yeah. can't do that. Like, rationality and emotions are, you know, they're, they're two opposite sides of the coin. Like, they don't really mesh well together. You have to use logic and rationale in order to articulate a certain kind of viewpoint, and you have to remove your emotions a little bit from it in order to do that correctly. So I know exactly what you're talking yeah. about, and it's way to mix them with identity, with emotions, with... Basically, if you disagree with someone... What you're saying to them, especially if they don't know how to handle themselves, is that you are basically questioning everything that I am and I believe in, and yeah. you're hurting me personally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's not a good place to be. I'm a little envious uh, with Aton, uh, so I'll just say I was also called a Nazi twice in the past month. Jesus <laughs> fucking Christ. Who's, who for, are these? For working uh, with oh, Bibi. Yeah. One, once with the family member. How was the prime minister? What was he like? Well, um, he is very to the point. He come like we were on a campaign, so there's no time for niceties. He comes to work, and he does it well. And the nicest thing I think is to see, like in the end of a very hard day of work, because he all he was the campaign manager and also um, uh, the prime minister. You know, the, the job never stops. And then it, at the end of the day, like at 11 p.m., uh, we were coming to shoot something with him. So for him, I think it was a moment of chill. You know, when, he, when he's in front of the camera, he enjoys it profoundly. It fills, he shines. And I, I felt like for him, it's the pure fun, being in front of the camera, speaking his mind. He's very comfortable and... Uh, he's a showman for sure. He knows how to manipulate that camera very well. I mean, he's... Uh, he, yeah, I mean, that's the craft. He's the master of that craft. Guy's a genius, man. I do not take anything away from his skill or his talent or his intelligence. Right. don't like his policies, but that's another story. But you learn a lot uh, from uh, working with him and the team that he has um, around him. But anyway, yeah, so... How was the wife? She? Uh, I, she she's really nice. She's really nice. Like I interacted with her 
occasionally, but all my interactions, she was extremely nice. And I can also tell you that one time uh, I was just, you know, uh, listening to a conversation where they, like, uh, the prime minister and he's all his aides, and uh, and everybody were discussing a speech or whatnot, and like she just came for a few minutes, and she had insights that were by far the most, um, the best, like the most knowledgeable, smart, and true insights, uh, more than all his aides and who are extremely smart and with tons of experience in him. She came just for a few min- minutes, said some, you know, her insights, and. It, I was like, whoa, that's like really good. She's also very intelligent. She's she has sharp. a master's degree in psychology, I think. Yeah, and also people forget that she, people forget, people forget, oh God, uh, people forget that, that she actually comes from a very, um, in, like her family, it's a family of intellectuals, just like Bibi's. So, like, all her brothers her and her father, of course, and everybody are super smart. And so does she, apparently. So she- Last question, and I'll let you guys go. Uh, so, um, podcast community here in Israel, especially in English, it's very small, right? Do you guys have any connections with anybody else? I'm not saying for me, personally. I mean, like, how is the community? What do you, what do you see? You see? Do you see it growing do you see that there's any kind of, you know, connectivity there? Are people trying to band together and actually start something collectively, like you were saying before? Or do you think it's more like the Wild West where everybody's out for themselves? And- so um, we have, I'll just also use this opportunity to plug, we have a podcast that we produced with Khan, which is kind of the NPR of Israel, the Israeli Public Broadcast Corporation. Uh, it's called The Melting Podcast. So I think... TheMeltingPodcast.com. And right now we're actually working on a new podcast, which is coming out. I think we can give the name. It's called What the Buck. It's going to be an economics podcast. It's also in English. All these podcasts are in English. Um, So keep your eyes out for that. So I think that in Israel, the podcast community, and I think Noor will be able to speak to this more uh, informed, in a more informed way, but I think that the podcast community in Israel, in podcasts in Hebrew, is growing. Um, it's definitely growing steadily. Uh, we saw that with Khan. The Melting Podcast, unfortunately, didn't really take off because they don't. they didn't have the channels to kind of advertise and market to the English-speaking community. Is but there, but is, there, is there English content on Khan? So that was the, I think, one of the only, if not the only English uh, podcast that they produced. I think they might have some video content that they've done. They have a uh, Khan English uh, department, but I just don't think they've quite cracked how to get access to these communities, which I think is a shame because I think, it's a. Gr- I think there's something like twenty five thousand uh, English speakers who come to Israel like every year, and it's like it's just growing and growing and growing. By this point, there's hundreds of thousands, and they're hungry for content, and it's a shame. But so I don't think that the English speaking. Uh, I think I think the Hebrew speaking podcasts have yet to take off. So that's gonna you're gonna first have to do that, and then maybe the English will come afterwards. What was the question again? <laughs> <laughs> Well, I was just saying, like, uh, the podcast community over here, it's kind of small, especially in English. And do you feel like there's kind of a growing community over here? Are they 
are we trying to band together or is it kind of just every man for themselves? How do you see it growing? What's the future? Well, I think um, the, the the biggest podcast in English is Israel Story. Um, um, I don't know how ready they are to collaborate with people like us. Uh, they're way up there. Um, but in English, I don't know. I think the only future for podcasting in Israel is in English. I think in Hebrew... It's like they're they reach the peak of of people, and I don't see uh like I think only like I don't know ten twenty thirty thousand people max listen to podcasts in Hebrew in Israel um and that's going to stay that way, I think, so only in English, and I think yeah, I think there's room for collaborations um you guys are obviously growing yourselves. doing well yeah we're we're okay like you could i think we were far from the potential like i would want us to see um i don't know an episode gets 100,000 downloads why not i mean you have six million jews in uh, in america and you we know that it's a very the podcasting world in america is a very jewish uh world and so you also get those christian zionists too Also, you have the 30 million band. of them. Yes. Yeah, so the potential is millions of downloads. Um, the problem is that to get there, you like if I had one hundred thousand dollars to invest in publicity, I'd get these numbers immediately because I have the good content. The only problem is I, I lack the, fa- the funds to to reach these people and let them know I exist. Like. I feel like it's not I feel like it's not like as it used to be um, the algorithm has changed yeah where you put good content on and if it's good it's gonna get out there they want or you to fucking pay man yeah they want to get your shekel exactly yeah. and that's how like it's still there yeah but you gotta pay for it yeah well I feel like they also they punish you if you don't pay meaning we you know we have a certain amount of likes on our page and those are people who are those are people who have actively said we are interested in seeing this content but Facebook won't show them that content unless you pay to show your fans that content. I'll give you I don't know if you guys know about this but it's uh, the groups the big Jewish like Jew, Jews United with Israel or Christians United with Israel those groups have 20 40 60,000 members in it just be smart because if you post too much they will suspend your account for a couple of days but if you're smart with it you want to post in those big uh, groups that identify as you know either christians or jews or american supporters of israel they have like 40,000 members in them that's a lot of people eyeballs on your stuff right you I, i tried to to do that uh, like a year or two ago but i realized it's i didn't see any effect i didn't see any effect But I, I do want to mention that we have do, uh, people who donate uh, money uh, to help us. Do you have Patreon? Do you guys have PayPal? Uh, yeah, we accept donations via PayPal. Yalla. It's uh, 20 donate. Um, so we have uh, donors and they help us, um, like really, really nice people. And, and all in all, I think it's worth mentioning, we had like really cool experiences doing this podcast like we got to eat like um, a lunch with with one of our donors and uh and get to know this wonderful person and his family we got to to meet two nobel prize winners we got to uh, like we got to do this yeah i get we uh, we 
yeah, topple, Sanger, Fiddler on the Roof in front of us and all, all kind of cool stuff and like experiences that we'll cherish, I think I will uh, for the rest of my life and it's worth it. It's just pure fun and it's worth it. And also we make, uh, we make other podcasts and we're getting paid to make them. Um, so we make ends meet in the end of the day because of this show. Like, really happy for your success, guys. Like, it's a hard, hard fucking thing to do. That's why I wanted to invite you guys on because I wanted to, you know, suffer with somebody. <laughs> I, wanted to, I wanted to talk to people who know how fucking difficult this thing is, but it's worth it if you stick to it. And I'm really happy that you guys came on. Naomi, I do want to, before go we ahead. go, I want to say that it's really cool to see that other people are doing this. And it's it's really it's also like it's it's motivating it's inspiring it's like it's empowering I guess uh, or re- invigorating to see that other people are a part of this community and uh, and it's awesome that you're doing this man so yeah. I really appreciate that thank you guys Keep it up. thank you for having us Neor Meninger no Ted no Meninger 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 Neor Meninger Sadel? More or less, yes. Okay, yeah. Eitan Weinstein. <laughs> Two nice Jewish boys. Catch it oh, every week. You guys are amazing. Yeah, I really. We're, we're on Spotify, we're on iTunes. Say all that shit. The website is 2NJB, the, the, the number 2NJB.com. Boom, there you go. Thank you so much, guys. I really appreciate it. All right, Bobolas, that's it for the Angry Falafel podcast. Please check us out on our Twitter and Facebook by typing in at Angry Falafel. And visit us at our website, angryfalafel.com. And use the hashtag angryfalafel if you want to leave a comment about the show, even if it's shitty and hurtful.